ahead and hit record and then just say something here, man. Go ahead. I promise I will not hit a random button that accidentally stops recording on that. <laughs> You're totally fine. You're totally fine. I will make sure that I, 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 I'd stick to the basics like, like last time. So, yeah. Oh, you know what probably helps? I switched over to Podbean actually, uh, for, for my, for my service, uh, for my, the, the, the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's been an adventure. It's been an adventure. Um, it's um, how do I how do I put this without like I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I guess is is the is the thing there because okay. it's like I should probably figure out what I need to do, and it just I wasn't like I think it was only on like two or three two or three platforms instead of like six or something like that. So yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. I have no idea. Yeah, I it like it was weird because I went into it and I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. I almost kind of feel like and it's it's not it's not giving me the statistics that I like I okay, my podcast is exactly what I thought it was. So mm. all right, that's it, it just the numbers aren't sh- well yeah, the numbers are showing like I like I'm getting worse numbers on through Podbean. So okay. I wonder if it's because on Anchor it distributes it a little bit differently. So maybe I'll use Anchor and Podbean and see how that works. Oh, I see what you're saying. I don't I don't know. Yeah, we compare. Yeah, I'm like that. Really care to, to, but that's a good observation already, though. Yeah, it's a good indicator. I just don't want to pay fifteen dollars to look at worse stats. Mm. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, all right. Well, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Episode one twenty one, and this will be April, uh, May seventh. Actually, this will be May seventh. So, cool. All right. Well, that's the introduction already. Uh, it is May 7th, apparently, for those of you who are listening or not. <laughs> I've got Chris back here in the driver's seat. Man, Chris, how you been, bud? Pretty good, man. Really good. I, uh, I just had a 30th birthday, so I'm feeling good. Hit the big 3-0. So to me, I mean, when I look at it now, that just means I've been gaming probably for 25 years officially, maybe. You okay. can say that. I think I started around five so that's a pretty good, that's a pretty cool accolade. Nice. Well, I know that you you had a couple of topics that you want to jump into, so I guess this is a great segue. You're getting back into the competitive Smash Bros. again? Not just Smash Bros., but I'm also getting into Street Fighter. What made you want to do Street Fighter? So when I was learning Smash at the tournament, I mean, I'm sorry, when I was learning Street Fighter in between sets, when I was going to the tournaments, I was starting to pick it up, but it was kind of hard because that game's a little bit older, so it's harder to kind of find people to play with. Mm-hmm. And my uh, one of a friend of mine told me about a program called Fightcade, and so I started playing Fightcade with just people around locally on that game. And I started playing and playing and playing. Again, I was uh, playing competitively before COVID, and then when COVID hit, I kind of didn't want to do like some of the online uh, tourneys. I kind of wanted to be there again, yeah. so I was kind of just waiting yeah. for that. And... Um, Recently, I went as far as uh, staying up to like one or two reading game facts from like 2001 from like 2000 to understand like some of the nuances of these older Street Fighter (laughs) games that I never really learned how to play or never really knew how to play. Now I'm at a point where like I can show you like exactly what I'm trying to do or exactly what I'm doing. Like I'm not I'm literally not. you know what do they call it when like you just like button mash like oh, yeah. i'm not button mashing anymore and that's like a weird thing for me 
Okay. Like knowing that I'm not button mashing, knowing that I'm actually trying to control a result. Like, so I got to this level where I feel pretty proficient. I play online every now and again. I have a, a regular rival. His name's Guitar Player 311. I like his name. I don't really know who he is, but <laughs> he kicks my ass. Sometimes we kick each other's ass. And uh, so, yeah, so I went to the tournament after work one day, or I went to the place where the tournaments are held after work one day, and they told me that, that uh, come back in a month. So I said, okay, great. They're going to have everything back up in about a month's time. So that gives me enough time to, to start doing my thing. How did you meet Guitar Player? So I just started playing the 30th anniversary collection. The version of third, the Street Fighter versions get really weird. They get okay. real wonky. Um, right. Sometimes when you play the 30th anniversary, you're playing the version that's called CPS3, which is the arcade perfect version of the game arcade perfect what, what what is arcade perfect when you're playing a game a fighting game sometimes the frame data is sped up or slowed down based on the hardware and when you're talking about 2000 or when you're talking about 1996 1997 1998 all the way up to 2000 the issues that you're having are that some of the home consoles can't run these games at 60 frames per second, even though they're 2D games. So you're okay. in this weird transition where the arcade is better than the home console. Oh. Then this thing comes out called the Sega Dreamcast, and now it can actually hang. But the Sega Dreamcast downfall is that the games were CD writable. So people just pirated the games. So like mm. wh where you usually sell the console at a loss as a manufacturer then make the money back up with software everybody was just playing everything <laughs> yeah yeah because they could get it so if you're playing if i play so through emulators i would get the playstation version because it had this kind of framing this kind of frame data or i would play this version because it had a training thing i went i went nuts you went and, the rabbit hole, man. <laughs> yeah all the way up to, I went to this Discord that's from a popular fighting game uh, YouTube, Maximilian Dude. He's this really popular, you know, fighting game guy. Okay. I went somewhere, and there's a Japanese website. I went on their Discord. There's a Japanese website that has all this meta information about the game. And I couldn't, I'm trying to get it translated to English so that I can read it because it has other information like the game facts but the japanese version okay now are you so are you, are you paying somebody to translate this for you or the interesting thing is the community is like i can translate what you want but just give me a couple pages then give me time and i'm like okay that's great and i don't have to know everything about everybody i just built like a formula for learning fighting games for myself so i know what information to look for but I did give him an ear beating. He did sit with me for an afternoon talking about the game. And then I, I just left it alone. <laughs> okay. So I, I, I don't I don't even want anything translated anymore. I think he gave me enough information. I think I got it. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Because I, I could bother him all day and night. So I would rather not. But he's awesome. That guy is awesome for doing that. Yeah. Good God. Talk about the rabbit holes, man. Yeah. You like, I remember when I was first talking to you, I was like, this dude goes hard in the paint, like, <laughs> very hard. Like, whereas I'm like, I kind of learn enough to be dangerous, but you're just like, no, let's go to the metadata, the framings. Like, oh, did you see that frame there? That means you could do And I'm like, dude, what? What did you? I'm sorry, huh? Yeah. I was sending <laughs> gifts to my friends of like, hey, this is how you uh, EX. This is how like you EX parry this. This is how you parry that. This is how you um, EX cancel to that. All these moves cancel together. My friends are like, dude, you you go there. You like there. We have a joke among friends. <laughs> this because this one time we were playing Smash Bros, 
And I was just kind of like banging everybody out. And they were at a family, they were at a, a party at my place. And my friend said, like, Chris, it's a family game. Like, this is a family game. Like, he had to, like, he, like, reminded me, right? And it's a joke, right? Because obviously, you know, they know they play it competitively. I play it competitively. But I was laughing so hard when he said that because it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Behind all the data. Oh, yeah. Isn't, isn't that a Pikachu? Or isn't that, like, a something like that? Like, I just know the kits and the data. Like, I just yeah. love the game. Yeah. <laughs> Good God, man. That's that's hilarious. That is hilarious, man. I, I yeah. love like because like i get nerdy with like some of my pc stuff like I, I i just recently went on a date with a girl actually believe it or not oh very cool yeah and we went to go see uncharted with tom holland and marky mark okay. and all that stuff and like i was talking to her about the, the the movie afterward and some of the previews that we were seeing i'm a bit of a marvel guy right and like i for the first time got to see it through the other lens where like i'm talking to her and i just i just stop and i go you're not processing like half of what i'm saying and she's like not really but you sound very interested i was like all right i got gotcha. you right yeah it's funny enthusiasm goes a long way yeah and it was it's interesting because like alex does that you do that and i'm just like looking at it and i'm like i wish i understood half of what he's saying because he sounds so interested <laughs> in it and it sounds so cool but like that's that's good bud that's good yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I get I I feel like I always tell my wife I don't talk to her about it because I, I obviously know she's not really even into video games at all. But yeah, I, I usually tell her the story of me hunting the information, though. That's something that she can jive with versus like, hey, like I can show you how to like cancel that story. And like she's not going to want to know any of that stuff. So like <laughs> but she does see online like like damn, like, how do you do that? Or like, what are you doing? She can see like the visual stuff. It's kind of cool. But yeah, man, I just go deep. Like, I think um, one of the big things, I think we talked about this last time with emulation. Yeah. One of the big things with me was like, you know, back then you had such little access to gaming. It was so hard to to get these games. Like, so one, I had an N64. So if I go to Blockbuster, I'm only limited to getting what I got. I don't, I don't rent the system. There's all these different things. You go to that one cousin's house and he's got Tekken and it's a family party. And you're not talking to anybody in that family because you're like, Tekken is right there. I've been mm -hmm. trying to get a, get a hold of it forever. So once all this stuff kind of opened up, especially through emulation, um, other uh collections that ended up coming out i still had those same interests from when i was in elementary school i saw those same like man like i wonder if i can actually like kind of figure that out like actually like not button mash and get to a point where like i have a style and i'm nasty and then you just kind of like work at it you know every day every day every day and it's like dude it, it's so if it, it, it's so rewarding when you figure it out but it's a long stretch and i totally get why people don't do it if, if I could go back and play one game and officially conquer that game, it would be Echo the Dolphin. And what is that? I know what that is, but what kind of game is it? Dude, I don't know. I, I just I, I remember I remember being stuck on one level where it was like like super high walls on either side. And I'm jumping and flipping like you're like, I feel like it's it, it was like a Lion King, but with a dolphin and underwater puzzle. Kind I of see. Yeah. yeah. And I hit this one level and like I just my young child brain just shut off. It was just like, nope, <laughs> nope, you don't nope. This is as far as it goes here, Jared. And I was like, all right, that's cool. So, yeah, I don't like if I could. I feel that with you. And if that was if there one game that I could go back and beat for sure. Yeah. 
yeah, I just was like, man, maybe I can, maybe I can just try it. And then I, and then I, once I get hooked, my wife could just like see a, a look on my eye when I'm like, yeah, I'm just, she's talking. I'm like, I'm not even here. Like I, I just interviewed this Japanese guy and he just told me all this fucking shit about the game. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you, have you ever dipped your toe into a game? And then you're just like, I can't even try. Like, I can't even get close to where I want to be with this. Um, So, ironically enough, I like fighting games, but I tried Guilty Gear Strive when it came out. Okay. Um, And, you know, Street Fighter has like a quarter turn system. So, mm-hmm. like, sometimes it'll ask you to do a full 360. That's fine. Sometimes it'll ask you to do just a 180. Sometimes it'll ask you just to do a quarter turn. Mm-hmm. So I get you get used to those patterns. Okay, that's fine. But uh, uh, Guilty Gear Strive has like bat, like a G. So I have to go this way, then around, then this way again. Okay. That that broke that broke the mold. I hold the controller a certain way because I'm used to the quarter system. It but it kind of like broke my. I just couldn't. I don't know why I could not do it. Oh, I thought you. Were I did the of- Steam return. Oh. I thought you were kind of talking about like uh, like how when uh, Tekken three came out and it started to introduce you could you could move to this like the diagonal dodges and stuff like that. I right. thought that's what you were talking about. Uh, what what is the 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 quarter or G turn? Is that or is that a rabbit hole you should just Google? No no no. So like if you wanted to do like the fireball, right? Yeah. The fireball in Street Fighter is down forward, so you would do a quarter turn oh. there. Okay. Now to do that same fireball in Guilty Gear Strive, it's a G movement that you have to make with the D-pad. Too many movements end up rubbing you raw. That's why people don't like playing fighting games. So with the quarter system, I can slide the fat of my thumb on the D-pad and not ruin my thumb, but still launch it a thousand times to keep that guy away from me. How how do you not have the analog the analog stuff? You know, inaccurate. It's too inaccurate. So, like, really? I, I can't feel that I've hit the total right of the controller. It's only a circle. I okay. need to know that this button will respond. Everything's about response. Everything is about, like, I need to respond to. That's the thing. Once you get into a fighting game and you feel all this tactile stuff, someone jumping in on you opens this tree of options that you can do. And you're like, what the fuck? I can do all these things. It's kind of like that scene in the Matrix where Neo's like, I know Kung Fu. Like, he's like, what the fuck? Like, you know, you just get it. Yeah. Yeah. There was a there was an Olympic game that, that me and my brothers used to play. I, like some like old school PlayStation 2, like Summer Olympics or something like that. And you would have to push like two buttons in, in succession, <laughs> like a square circle, square circle. And my idea was you, you take you pinch your fingers together like you're pinching a roach. You wrap your your uh, you wrap your shirt around it and then you could slide your fingers back and forth real fast and you don't get a rubber burn. That was a fucking game changer. Like right. we went from getting close to world records to shattering world <laughs> records, you know, just doing that. And it's always funny. Cause like my dad walked in one time and I was wrapping my shirt around him. He's looking at me like, what are you doing? And then it's like three, two, one. And I'm just like, like hardcore going out like a little kid. And he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm getting a world record dad. And he's like, yeah. all right, Jared, whatever big guy. <laughs> That's what I mean. You get into a rhythm. You start doing crazy stuff. You start getting inventive like that. And that's the beauty of it. Like your style, your feel, like that was your way of doing it. You know what I mean? Surprised that I, ne- I never broke the controller though. Doing that pretty, yeah. pretty, su- they're resilient. Yeah. What they're console res- was it? Uh, I think it was PlayStation, like the oh, OG yeah. PlayStation. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, maybe two if I was lucky. I don't know. But like the face. shocks are resilient. Yeah. Yeah. The faces were like super polygon. Like if you're like, <laughs> that's a person. Yeah. I can, yeah. I can believe that. Yeah. So how, uh, going back to guitar player, cause I know we went off a tangent there. Um, what, what about him just gets you every single time? So he plays Alex, right? Which is, um, it's kind of like the bane in my character. We, sh- we share a level. Like, fighting games have weird, like, lore. Like, okay. if you, like, did you, like, did you play hockey? Yeah. You know how hockey has weird superstitions? Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, we're in the playoffs, and, like, we don't want to wash our pads. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of like that to okay. where, like, we, we share the stage. So because, like, we he's on my stage or I'm on his stage, I need to beat the shit out of him. You need to beat anybody when you're playing a fighting game, but it's like a real onus to beat this person because it's like, this is my stage. So he plays like a pretty decent Alex. But then he also plays a pretty decent Akuma. Well, Akuma is, an, is another Shoto. Ken is a Shoto. What Shoto means is they have a certain kind of kit. They have I a see. similar kit that do like a very similar thing. Mm-hmm. But his is just a little different than mine. Mine's just a little different than his. We're just uh, different by nuance, but our quarter turns are roughly the same. All right. And he can kick my ass like he, he, he can really fuck me up. But I recorded me embarrassing him, too. So I, I my ego is kind of like all <laughs> over the place. So that's what I like about it is that he kind of keeps me on my toes. I have a, I had a buddy. Um, uh, oh, God. Uh, what was his name? I, I love that. I put myself on the spot, but we were playing uh, with who is it? Brian Fury. Uh, God, what fucking. No, yeah, sorry, Tekken. I, I think it was Tekken 7, and he was, like, he's really good with Brian Fury. Like, yeah. he would perfect me all the time, and uh, I finally got a couple moves in him, and then I started to get, like, I I was figuring out my quarter turns, I guess, is if you want to use your <laughs> phrase there, and I finally beat him. I mean, like, I lost, like, 15 to 1, but I was like, dude, I beat you, and my my ego went way up, so I, I feel you yeah. on that. What, yeah. um I guess, is it just like, how did you guys meet? Was it just happenstance and you guys were like so close together in battle that you're just like, dude, do you want to roll together and be my rival? So I checked the Steam stats to see what the player base was for 30th anniversary. I've known that it's dead, but it's it's still okay to play and train on because it's an arcade perfect version of the game. You want to make sure you do that okay. or and not play on something else because then you're learning weird timing. Then when you show up to the, to the arcade, everything's just going to feel off to you. Okay. So there was like 76 people and i'm like oh okay <laughs> so everybody is in fight cade and i know that everybody's in fight cade but i like playing this version just because like it's just a version i like and steam tracks my hours so i kind of like knowing how many times I, you know whatever i'm doing yeah nerd shit and so i was like you know what let me just try ranked right quick let me just see who's on and then this guy just keeps coming up coming up so i spent about an hour with this guy who's coming up, coming up. And then I was like, you know what? Let me give him another 30 And he spent more time, more time. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this guy's cool. Like, this guy's gnarly. So I added him on Steam. I don't know if he added me yet, but I still keep running into him. I might end up playing him tonight. Oh, all right. Yeah. That that's that's always weird when you have an arch nemesis that you run across and you never talk to him. You just know you're like, ah, god damn it, guitar player, <laughs> fuck you, man. Stop it. <laughs> you just you run into that one person that's always on the other team, and it's just like you want to message him and you want to talk to him, but you're you like, you don't want to break that unwritten rule of, I gotta hate you, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. And the thing is too, is I am that person who would break that because 
it was funny when we had the party my friends were there for my discord and they like fighting games too but you know they're a little like intimidated Mm-hmm. I get it, but I was like, I'll teach you everything I know. You know that every time we play, I teach you everything. My goal is to literally make you kill me so that I could get better and then I can go do my own thing. Like, I like the whole bouncing back and forth. I really don't like winning over and over and over again. Yeah. Because then I'm not really learning anything else. I'm just honing and flexing my stuff. But I, I want you to know so that you could use this against me. So I have a whole nother tree of decisions to make. I love that part. And so my friends are like, dang, like, you're really serious about how I'm like, yeah, they're like, well, we all bought uh, CD keys had a sale. So we all bought Street Fighter five. And so I was like, all right, cool. I'll show you guys how to play it. Pick a character <laughs> and I'll teach you how to play them. Nice. Yeah. I have a buddy like that. It, uh, I used to I used to play him all the time and he hated it because I'd be like, come on, Brandon, let's do a one V one. One V one me, bud. Come on, man. And he's like, no, you always kick my ass. And I was like, no, I don't. We're very e-. It's funny because like we play in like Call of Duty and stuff. And I'm always, you know, I'm always number one or two or whatever. And it's funny because like sometimes he'll be all over the map. But when we one on one, we know each other so well and we know our timing so well that I have to try to beat him and we go tit for tat all the time. I think most of my wins are either complete and utter blowouts or it is that last kill. Your palms right. are sweating. You're like, Oh my God, I got to shake it off, man. It was so close. And yeah. I love playing him in one-on-one, but he hates playing me one-on-one. <laughs> yeah. When I was doing, so my friends wanted to train. So they said, okay, great. So the first day we ended up playing street fighter five, I was showing them everything. Hey, I'm going to show you the basics. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to teach you this. And we were doing good. But I think the thing that was getting to them was they were within one shot. They really were within one shot. But the thing is, look, man, the thing I like about fighting games is when you put me against my back, I start doing wild shit. I have to record every set because I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. Sometimes I do things that I'm like. I didn't know you can cancel all four of those. Like, I didn't know you can just run all four of those specials together. And then my friend's like, what the fuck was that? And I'm like, I don't know. But you see what you did? Like, (laughs) the computer can't get me to do that. The computer has perfect blocking. It doesn't really allow me to do that kind of thing. So, like, I need to kind of, like, know that. So, anyway, so we were going through it and going through it, and I was already getting a taste of it. But one of my friends rage quit. So I was like, all right, well, that's fine. That's fine. How, so, how how much of a rage quit was it was it out of discord i don't know if he yanked the usb out of, of his fight stick out but he was out of discord within like 3.5 so like <laughs> out of the game and discord in one command so I, I i'm not sure how oh he 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 was holding that power button down <laughs> just waiting for it to kick off he said fuck this <laughs> and i don't blame him because he really did get me but the trick that I use is, is just a trick of the trade with the character that I use. And, and it's the, it's like you're the one get out of jail free that you could use. And like I said, my back was against the wall. I really liked it, but I didn't see him that rest of that night. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got him good, man. Uh, dude. So, so I'm curious. They said to come back in a month and this was like a week ago now for the tournament. Yeah, this is about two weeks ago. So I'm going to come back in May and see what they have going on. Um, okay. They used to have all the cabinets upstairs, so you can kind of figure out what tournaments they were going to have. But now they built a whole downstairs, so Ooh. I don't know what's down there. Okay. What? Yeah. Uh, what? Th- so you don't even know what tournaments are going to be going on, but you're going to be a part of it? Smash, they said for sure. And I said, are they going to do Third Strike? The only thing with Third Strike is uh, I need to know if they're going to do a console or 
uh, arcade because right. I have a fight stick, but I want to train with the fight. I want to train to what I'm doing. I wanted to just okay. walk in and it be as natural as possible. Yeah, I gotcha. Because yeah. I've I've done that before. Like when I I know I've told the story a few times, but when I went from controller to mouse and keyboard, it was it's like I go back to uh, go back to controller now for some games. And it like I even played a very simple game like Ember on on the on the PC here, and it felt so awkward and wrong. Like you could you could physically see me struggling with such a simple game, and right. I I know how bad that can mess you up, and it sucks. Yeah, Especially I play con- I play control sometimes with a controller just so I don't have to sit upright, and it mm-hmm. does kind of feel like really weird because it's these cool force powers, and I would actually like to control them more naturally with like my <laughs> my hand, but because I'm lazy, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> no, yeah. it's all good, man. It's all good. Now I know you had uh, kind of sticking with the nerd stuff here. You finally saw Spider Man No Way Home. I did. Okay. Yeah. So we rented it. Didn't watch it. It expired. And I was like, let's just buy it. I, I'm sure we're going to love it. I watch the first Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire one. I watch it all the time. Okay. Um, I really like that movie. Like, I like everything surrounding that movie. So the fact that he was in here, I was already like, I got to go. Like, I got I gotta, I got something to do. I got to watch this. All right. And uh, I liked his parts in there. But I actually think that Andrew Garfield kind of stole the show in a way. I don't think that Tobey Maguire really stole the show. Andrew Garfield was, like, really charming and stuff like that. Tom Holland was cool, too. But um, as for the, that's for the Spider-Man. But, for, like, Norman Osborn and Doc Ock, to me, were, like, these showstoppers like oh, yeah. that's why i watched the film yeah they, they brought they brought the big guns out i feel like jamie fox i feel like they didn't give him because they kind of revamped him a little bit from from what yeah. I, heard. I didn't watch the garfield stuff i thought it was way too soon for a reboot but mm-hmm. i i feel like they were they were giving a call to the ogs the og badasses and then also too they were kind of trying to give garfield a redemption arc because when Gwen died, like that was a big fucking deal. Like right. that was that was a big big deal. I I I I feel like they all brought their own strengths, but yeah, Garfield and Doc Ock and 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 Norman were just the fucking powerhouses, man. Yeah, I love his voice, man. That voice and like the fact that when he's um you know Green Goblin, like his prosthetics are split, like his teeth are kind of like split, mm-hmm. and then when he's norman osborne he's more of like a charming dude like that's that's i love things like that like they really make him look menacing and they had him kind of hobgobliny which is kind of cool too yeah which i thought was really rad yeah. but yeah what, it was a great uh, film what'd you think of 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 course so we we had to go and take norman osborne from the og spider-man to really get tom holland to lose his shit like it was insane watching norman just break a different and it was crazy because you're like of course he breaks fucking the og you know toby and then he breaks tom holland of course yeah that shit was insane and the same way that whole glider thing like that's legendary like i feel like that's legend. okay when the first movie came out i got the game on gamecube and there was a cheat where after you're done beating the game it's not like an open world one it's very like fixed but when you beat the game you put the code in you can ride the glider (laughs) and like you could just be green goblin like that movie in my mind like is stay is stained in my head like it's stapled in my mind like like the movies that made me kind of thing right yeah um so just seeing all those characters was just so good and i just watched uh spider-man one 
like I just got done watching it. I'd been to a friend's house. He was showing me some clips. We always talk about how like patriotic it was because of yeah. how close to 9-11 it was. Yeah. And uh, and how New York it is. Like the one mm. guys are like, uh, yo, you mess with Spider-Man. You got to mess with us. And they throw in like a brick and fucking, you know, like yeah. rebar and shit. Yeah, it's great. It was a great film. I'm glad I bought it because I could already see myself watching that a couple more times. Well, I uh, I refuse to buy it because I have Disney Plus through somebody else, and I just uh, click, click, boom, there it is. Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, but no, hundred percent. That is, that is one of the. I'm. I kind of wait for things to go on sale, like I really do, so I can get like the 4K upscaled or whatever, you know. Oh yeah. Not gonna lie, that's that's me, dude. You have a 4K TV, you might as well use it, right? Yeah, I don't even know what Apple does. I hope they do 4K. I don't think so. But I don't, I don't even know what the Apple version... I bought it on Apple TV, so I don't even know what it is. It looked yeah. great, though. Dude, Apple, I've never... I've never had a movie that I've paid through for Apple, rent or buying, that ever looked bad. Like, they... I think they yeah. give you... They, I think they probably stream it at, like, 8K, but they're like, what can your monitor handle? It wouldn't surprise right. me. Yeah. No wonder iTunes is always so laggy and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, then tonight... Oh, um, yeah? tonight i'm watching batman i haven't seen that either so tonight that's available via stream so that's not one i'll buy i'll probably buy it later because i really do want to own it if i if i like it but i'm watching it today on uh, hbo max oh shut up it's on hbo max yeah i think it's the 18th yep today yeah today i think i still have hbo max yeah i I did i did like that three i did like a three-month trial version or something silly oh yeah i'm I might have to push back some work. I was supposed to do like Saturday. <laughs> yeah. I cleared my schedule. I said, wait, oh, it's coming out on the 18th. Okay. Yeah. Let me just make sure I'm just going to watch that. I've been really waiting to see that. Okay. Well, do, I, no. we, we will not make this a very long one then today. You, you, you go get after <laughs> Batman. Cause I think I might get after it too, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Uh, dude. So I, I mean, compared to all the other Spider-Man, like I, I don't know what it is about these Marvel movies, but like I'm starting to cry during these movies. I don't do that. Well, okay, I don't do that very often now, but like it's something that Marvel's been making me do. I, I don't know, like how did the movie really pull at your tug? Like, did it tug at your strings or? You know what did? You know what scene really did though? Uh, not the whole movie, but but the scene where Andrew was like, "Nah, fuck that," like not another one. And he just grabs MJ, flips the right way, like almost does the same move, but like flips the right way at the end and like guarantees the landing. Like little touches like that are just like, oh, shit, like Disney Marvel understands these like nostalgia grenades that they can blow up inside you. These little things that just like, whoa, like I can't believe I just saw that. And them fighting in the Captain America, uh, what's it called? The shield. That was pretty dope to me, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was super cool. I the the, the ending kind of blew, the ending was nice. I liked the way that that Tom Tom Holland did the ending. I liked the the alternative suit. Like it was it was his transformation into the uh, Spider-Man, you know? Like he was right. going his own route. One thing that like cuz I thought I thought Aunt May was going to make it hundred percent i was sold i was like okay she's just hurt she's sitting back and then all of a sudden she says the line i'm like no mm. no don't you say it don't you fucking say it she said the line and then and then there was a tear that just started to roll in and 
he he gets the green goblin and he just starts beating the shit out of him and then, and then that smile i was i was done yeah just done cry like a bitch yeah, i did feel for that i love marissa tome especially as aunt may i i did feel for that i just I was kind of like elated, like giddily elated the entire time. Like they got all three of these motherfuckers here. Like they're all here right now. They did it animated. And now look at they've done it in live action. Like, yeah. like the story's complete kind of thing. You know, the thing I did like, though, was that ending because I'll tell you, and I understand this is unpopular, but I'll tell you anyway. Okay. You know, Spider-Man suit with the like the iron suit, right? Yeah. The, the the iron suit Spider- like all the gadgets and stuff right yeah okay in 2008 when like civil war came out and that was kind of like introduced like that whole kind of like iron tech thing yeah i didn't really like it i've always liked like really? the cloth like your half of the cloth is off people can kind of see you the night's almost done you're almost beating the bad guy i don't know why i, I just love that so the spider-man that he becomes at the end is the Spider-Man that I wanted him to be the whole time. My thing is, I think he was a little too young. Like, like the storylines were too young just for me. I like him when they're a little bit older. Ah. Where he's at right now is like, yes, you can leave now and you can work at the Bugle and you can be this guy. Like, I already like Bugle, Peter, in a way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so where he's at now and the suit and the way it looked and like that last scene where he's just swinging, I was like, this is so cool. Like, this is going to be so rad. I, I wasn't even going that route with the direction. I was just like, Oh, that's a cool new suit. That, that was my entire opinion, but I know what you're talking about because I mean, remember Tony Stark went through the Sokovia Accords, right? So he knew what, you know, you know, Hey, I am a superhero. This is what's going to happen. And he knows what's going to happen if Tom Holland or Peter Parker, you know, gets found out. So that's probably why he had all those upgrades. And now, yeah, he's, it's, he's going to be Peter Parker on his own. Yeah. Like I cannot wait. I just want to see like pizza and scooters and traffic and New York. Like, I just love <laughs> like when Peter's like in his element, like Spider-Man's like in his element. I, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with the love story. Cause every Spider-Man's got his MJ. Like that is, if you do not have a Mary Jane, your, your story is bunk. And there's not many other women that he got out there with. I would be thoroughly excited to see a black pant, uh, a black cat love story. Oh that, yeah. I know that they were like, cause I read all the time, like the, the, the PlayStation four version of it. Like they were fucking, they were, she was flirty. She was very well done. I like their dynamic and I'm like, yeah, Feige, I know you can pull that off, big guy. Let's see that. You know, <laughs> let's get him with yeah. black cat and just especially with how shiny his suit is versus the black knight. Like, oh right. bro, come on now. Yeah. Yeah, that would be very cool. That is them. That would be them going in now like their own direction. They already did the MJ thing and now they're going in their own direction. That would be really cool. That would be really cool. One one question for you. Because this is a big one, was I heard the rumors to begin with that there were three Spider-Men in, in the movie. And I remember hearing the Inklings and I'm just like, how cool would that have been if if poli- people as a collective could have just shut the fuck up and let us experience. All- could like, could you imagine going to see Star Wars for the first time ever and it's the big bad guy and somebody walks out and is like, Dude, 
Darth Vader Skywalker's dad. And you're like, motherfucker, you know, right. as you're about to go into the movie, because that's kind of how it feels when you know stuff. Like, would you just, I guess is, I guess the, the weird way of saying, would you wish people could just shut up and like give people like a week or so before everything gets plastered all over the internet and stuff like that? Yes. And it's hard to go media blackout. You know how you have people who are like, yeah, I'm just not on Twitter right now. Like they're like your friend on whatever. And they're just, yeah, I'm just not on it right now until I see it. That I think that works like the weekend of you can kind of avoid it for a couple of days. But for me, I was still pleasantly surprised because I didn't know all the villains were going to be in it. So I was still pleasantly surprised. I kind of figured they would have the other Spider-Man in it, even though that was I wish that was like a like a reveal kind of moment. Yeah. But I'm glad that they were in it so much. I actually didn't know that they would be in it so much. I thought that they would like maybe make a cameo and that's it. But mm. they were in it like a large portion of the movie. So I thought that yeah. was cool, too. Yeah, I, I did like it. I just I wish that I wish that we weren't so hungry I mean, it's great that yeah, it's great that Marvel created what they created, but I just wish people weren't so hungry for information. Because right. like, I mean, I went on Google the other day to just like I just because I like to browse the stories, and all of a sudden I'm just I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, there's a spoiler for something I wanted to see. Luckily, I'm stupid enough that I just forget stuff all the time. <laughs> but like, I wish I wish I didn't have that happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. God. Yeah, it's dangerous. It's such a minefield like navigating. You know? Okay, so even on the show right so i do my own show too yeah we got i don't know how many episodes maybe eight or nine or something like that and ian was like hey man i gotta show you the joker scene in batman the the, the deleted scene in batman well good which, which which joker scene are we talking about so there's a in the new batman there's a deleted scene where he's talking to the joker and i won't spoil it for you but it's interesting because it it shows them like having a rapport and he's asking him about like a murder oh yeah, so I'll, I'll link it to you later or whatever on YouTube. But I was watching it and I'm like, oh, man, like, is this like the tone of the film? He's like, yeah. I'm like, dang, I almost wish this was like saved. Like, yeah. I almost wish like I almost wish I had my virginity back. <laughs> now I know that this is the thing and I have to still wait like three weeks to watch it on HBO Max. Ah. But I'm like excited now. So it did kind of work as an advertisement in a way. But I do understand what you're saying where it's like, oh, shit, like even we did like <laughs> we did i did to myself when uh when i was doing the movie podcast stuff which i'm i i keep saying this but i think i might go back just because but like the the in-depth nature like it just gave me burnout you know it's just kind of like because mm. he brought me on for a specific reason right and that's just because like i go into it like a child in wonderment i'm like oh just new thing shiny <laughs> i like you know that's how i view a lot of this stuff like i'd turn on like when the, when my buddy alex was talking about moon knight i had no idea who moon knight was i know that meme mm. where it's like random bullshit go and I'm, like that was <laughs> i knew that meme but i didn't know like how mainstream he was and so, like, I just like being able to go into it with that wonderment, and it almost kind of kills it for me because we're mm. doing research on movies and we're doing deep dives, and it just to me, it's like rank your top five movies. It's like I just really like the way that this movie came out. Well, what about it? Did you like everything? That's why it's number one. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah, it's tough sometimes because like it's a thing about like okay, well, if someone's getting all the way down to the cinematography, that's hard yeah it's like kind of hard to match it's like you need like someone who matches your enthusiast level with that with said thing or whatever you know what i mean yeah because the research could be super intensive again if i if it wasn't in, if it wasn't interesting i wouldn't go down the rabbit hole yeah it like it, it's not it, it's not as much detail as you would think 
But you know, you you gotta want you want to come up with like a minute or two, like kind of like, oh, I like Zootopia, and the running joke was I could turn Zootopia into any topic that we <laughs> that we were going off of, and it was just like that was a little bit of fun research. But you know, like we were, uh, oh, God, I forget what movies we were talking about, but it was just like you, you find a movie, just give it two quick little two minute spiel, and sometimes it's just like. I didn't have an entire thought throughout the entire movie. That's how I know it was that good. And that's why it's my number one. Cause I didn't, it didn't give me time to breathe. I didn't have a thought. It yeah. just played in front of me. It was great. Yeah. Ex Machina had that full immersion for me when I, I remember seeing it and being like, wow, he's falling for her. Like I, I was just, just thinking like, like poor him. He's a dummy. No, 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 no. He's a dummy. I spent $16. I'm sitting in the chair watching the thing. He's not a dummy. You know, like, just, like, full immersion. And we're rooting for him, too, to fuck the robot, too. You're like, <laughs> yeah, fuck her. Make her your girlfriend, dude. Go for it, big guy. Because I'm not going to lie. I would have that. I would have tried to make that robot my wife, too. Yeah, no. Please. That's what you. I was thinking. I thought they were going to just walk away into the sunset, Blade Runner style. But, yeah, no way. That I like... I like how you're just left with the dread as it sets into him. <laughs> what happened to him at the end there? And just it like, that's it. That's it. There's no explanation. And you're left to your own devices to be like, bro. <laughs> you're giggling. I love that. You know what I'm talking about, but I don't want to spoil it for anybody else. Cause that is the pinnacle of the movie. I don't either, but, but her just walking away and blending into the crowd. It's the best part of that movie. That movie was amazing. Yeah. I think I've, I've only watched it once and it's so good that I don't even have to rewatch it to know again. I haven't rewatched it yet. I want to give it a little bit more time before I do, but I I'm with you on that. It was just so profound when I saw it. Like, Whoa, like Jesus. So I, I got to ask you when it comes to movie trailers, cause we're nerding out and we're talking about things here and we definitely sidetracked Spider-Man. So fuck Tom Holland. <laughs> but when you see a movie because like Thor 11 Thunder just dropped right do you like this style where it's like hey don't forget two weeks we're coming out you know or like with the Batman where it was the the small tease it had the fight scene where you're just like fuck he's brutal all right yeah I could get down with this Batman and then you have the the other trailers and it's it's like a slow uh slow burn what what grabs your attention more when it comes to like trailers and new movies just like what you said with that Batman thing, because to me, an entire movie is like an entire like course meal. It starts with the teaser. It starts with this information. Remember the chatter, right? You have like your friends that you watch movies with the chatter. Hey, yeah. Is Robert Pattinson really going to be that guy? Now we live in the post Robert Pattinson world, which means, oh, man, hell yeah, he's Batman. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's a great Batman. But all that chatter in the beginning. It starts with the trailer or it starts with an announcement. It starts with, oh, hey, hey, that's Gordon. Oh, hey, that's whatever. I love that entire process. Then getting to the final product, like seeing the film. I love it. So I like the tease. I don't like when you tell me too much, though. I like when they, you know what you're doing you're, and you're controlling the material like Batman. That uh, if, if they because like I, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that when it was like. No, Twinkle Toes is going to be Batman. All right. All right. Like, because I'm very open. Because, like, when Ben Aff, when they announced Ben Affleck to be Batman, I was like, I was pretty interested because, you know, I was like, what's he going to do? Because usually he's a, he's a beefy dude. And they, I like the route that they went with him. And so I kind of usually give people the benefit of the doubt. And I was, it was, it opened a dialogue. It definitely opened a dialogue with me and Alex. 
But like that scene where Pattinson just goes ham on those guys and just beats him up. And it's just that one dude and he loses his shit. I was like, game over. I'm done. I don't need to see any more here. When's the movie drop? I'll be there. Right. That right. was it. That was it. Right. I see that small little part. I'm game. Yeah. I like that scene. I knew I was like, I, I actually was like, are they going to make a comment about his violence again? Like, it's not like Batman's not this person. Like, he is this person. He has these personas, right? He's the yeah. Dark Knight or he's this other thing. I want, like, that Dark Knight grit. Like, I like that. So, yeah, I'm glad people received it well. That trailer, when I saw it, too, I was like, oh, yeah, where's that going to be at? Or what do I have to subscribe to? What <laughs> What do I need to get that level of violence in my house? <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. Ah. Uh. Well, speaking of, of dark stuff here, perfect little segue. Uh, metal, so uh, remind me again, if you don't mind, because I know I'm in Wisconsin. Where, where are you out of? Again, I'm in California. Calif- oh, that's right. You're, you're, oh, so you're way back. All right. Yeah. Now, you would ask me, kind of, we talked a little bit briefly about metal, and the Midwest is kind of a metal haven. What's it mm-hmm. like out there for you? Because I know you wanted to talk a little bit on, on your scene. So I was really big into like the whole metal hardcore scene, probably when I was in probably most when I was in high school, I went to Warped Tour pretty much every year I was in high school. So I went my freshman year going into sophomore, sophomore year going into junior, or I even think I went before that. And so um, we fucking love it out here. And we basically export everything from the Midwest. I love seeing... I listen, you don't understand during that time at my high school, if you guys were like a bunch of Midwestern kids with long hair and you just took a picture out in a fucking field somewhere, right? Like that (laughs) with the metal font, we were eating it the fuck up. So that's what my whole like childhood, like, or not, not childhood, but my whole high school experience was, was very much that. Yeah. All the hardcore uh, devil wears Prada day to remember. Uh, the harder stuff, kill switch engage, who who we actually saw. And that was actually what I wanted to bring up to you because you had mentioned it before on the last time that we talked, but we didn't really get to go too deep into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that because that was not at all my childhood. My my childhood was Garth Brooks, Lone Star, you know, a <laughs> little, little bit of uh, Johnny Cash when my dad was drunk enough to let me listen to some of his dirtier songs, you know, wow. like Redneck Hillbilly. <laughs> like it, it wasn't until my brother decided to be like a rebel, like like I'm talking the, the naked trucker girl. Like we would go to Hot Topic. He'd buy the naked trucker girl belt. And then my mom would get like super pissed. And she's like, you can't have a naked lady on your belt. You're only 12 years old. And like, it was funny. Cause like, I'm like, Justin, you, you can't, you can't do that, man. Like, you know, mom's going to find it. And like, you know, he's doing that skater boy where he tucks it into the belt and right. like you're flash and you're like, dude, you're, you're, you're stupid. Come on. Mom knows <laughs> this man. And then one day he was like, Hey man, you ever heard of uh, kill switch engage and all these guys. And it was like, kind of. And then my best friend played for me Metallica after a sleepover when I was 17 mm. and the hairs in the back of my neck stood up my arms. Like I had goose pimples everywhere. I couldn't listen to country again. It just, it didn't have that same effect. You know, that's really interesting. I didn't really know that I didn't, I've never heard a musical story like that from somebody i did a musical show before i started doing this one but i, I pigeonholed myself i didn't want to just talk about music as you saw as, as how many segues we've had here. yeah exactly yeah so when i was doing that show i would talk to this guy and he was from india and i was i was going to get him on the show but we would talk privately and he would talk to me about how influenced by michael jackson he was even way after the fact he was about my age 
Yeah. But it's just because, it, you know, in his kind of like molasses over there, Michael Jackson's still popular. They might not even know he's not. He's dead. I didn't. I'm, I'm just, I'm... <laughs> if they don't know he's dead, I, I'm going to be a messiah over there. He they is not, dead. Yeah. They might not get the email. But so I was like, OK, you know, like I've never heard a story like that in the States where someone is like, cause me, I was, I became music. I call it musical autonomy. I became musically autonomous probably when I was like 10, right. You're always influenced by what your parents are listening to. You got that, those five CDs that are in their tape deck or the their five CDs that are in the center console or whatever it is. Yeah. And then you go off into your own musical autonomy. Someone shows you something, an older brother, whatever. My parents really pushed that on us. My parents were too, pretty hip motherfuckers though they were always listening to everything i swear <laughs> we were always listening to music in the house so that's so crazy to hear that's awesome though that yeah. it was metallica first yeah yeah so so it was funny because like I, I grew up hardcore country like literally for the longest time i i'm pretty sure my dad bought a farm from a lesbian couple like i'm pretty <laughs> sure either that or he had a lot of lesbian couple uh lesbian issues of like hustler and all that other stuff out there because that's okay. that's what he said he's like oh these were from the all right but then we were young and dumb and we didn't know but <laughs> like it like it was like a 30 40 minute drive into town like if we wanted to do anything oh. and so like it was very backwoods country and it was great like i love lone star I, that that like garth brooks rodeo like that song rodeo by garth brooks oh that got me because like and i i feel like that's where it started because it got a little gritty like got a little gritty and okay. i was at a, i was at a sleepover with my buddy at my buddy's house and I'm sorry for everybody that's heard this story a thousand times, but Chris doesn't know, so I'm going to tell it. But I'm at a sleepover. We wake up. It's like six in the morning. My buddy's like, let's go to this. We would go to this breakfast shop that would do pigs in a blanket. And they're so tasty, super cheap, uh, mom and pop shop. And he's like, hey, man, you ever heard of Metallica? He's like, who the fuck's Metallica? He's, and I'm like, I'm dude, I'm Garth Brooks. I'm, you know, Lone Star, these guys. And he's like, oh, I'm going to rock your world. And he puts in the CD and he goes directly to track number two, Sad But True. And that introduction just kicks in with the guitar and the drums. And it was almost like that that grittiness that Rodeo had amplified by a thousand. And I was just like, what the fuck? And I just like I like I sat in the truck while he ordered our food, listening to the rest of that album just because it was that good. And wow. I tried to go back and I just, I had to, I was like, burn me everything. And just, I, I couldn't stop. It just, the music didn't have that darkness, that heavy metal. You know what I'm talking about that. Yeah. Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, you, you've probably listened to gangster rap made me do it by ice cube. Right. Mm hmm. Dude, like the way he spits the lyrics, you're just like, yeah, motherfucker, gangster rap did make me do it. You know, <laughs> like they get you with that feeling. And I think it was just they they were the first ones and they just hooked their, you know, they hooked me into it. And I've never been able to let go. So this is so crazy. I, I love that we have even gone here and I'm so and I hope you're, you're OK talking about it. Yeah. I I so like we have a record store out here. Okay, okay, we have we we used to have a bunch of them. Now, I'm from California. I know about everything that you've heard about California. <laughs> it is all here, believe me. <laughs> but we lived in in the suburbs of California, so we don't live in the city. A lot of oh. our parents have to, a lot of our parents have to work in the city. We have to go in the city, but I don't work in the city. I actually work closer to the nearest county away from Los Angeles. Okay, listen, 
we hate everything about Los Angeles. You hate too. I hate the traffic. I hate driving there. I hate all that stuff. But I always go into Hollywood because of this record store. So I, before that, there were record stores all over. I was like, my dad is a, a music aficionado. He just likes music. It's he just likes music. Doesn't matter what it is. So he always had like um, Metallica, or he would have like some jazz album. He'd have like a Tribe Called Quest. My uncle loved Kiss. So I remember growing up when the movie Detroit Rock City was coming out, he's like, you know, we're going to see that. Right. And I'm like, OK, whatever, you know, we're fine. And he would give me the DVD and we watch all the time. He would make me do the horns. My grandmother hated hated it. Like I was always around music growing up and in and, and a, and a wide variety. Yeah. And um, listening to Metallica, I remember listening to that because my dad would listen to this talk radio station and they would always play uh, something from the Black Album in the intro. Yeah. Um. And just like deep diving into his collection, just being good, making sure I was good so that he would let me look at his CDs and then I could listen to a couple of them. I could rent them out and then kind of bring them back like we just went deep. So it's awesome hearing like someone discovering Metallica. Like, that's just so awesome to me. <laughs> yeah, like, it's wild. When I, when I was deployed, we I would do the the record store thing that you that you probably do. You know, you go in there, you flip through, you find an album cover that looks cool. I mean, that's how I discovered Lamb of God. That's how I discovered a lot of the extra kill switch engage, you know, mud vein, just a, a couple uh God, what was it? A slipknot. Like that was even how I discovered slipknot as well too. Mm. So like a lot of these bands that I would find, like I would just go to the, go to the AFI store, which was the, the, ex- it was basically like our version of target or Walmart, you know, okay. when we were deployed and it had like CDs, clothes, food and all this other, just kind of other stuff you could purchase there that we get. And I just, I'd, I'd say, all right, I'm buying five CDs and I'm going to listen to all of them and go off from there. And that's how we just discovered a lot of different music out there. You know? Yeah. Did you guys burn each other's CDs? Did you guys go through that kind of thing? Like burning CDs for each other and stuff like that? LimeWire, so, Napster, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. That was a thing that I love. So I, I'm such a, I've been listening to music. All the things I did as a kid, I do now. Mm-hmm. I listen to music. I, I I just maybe do it at a higher quality or a higher fidelity. I game at a higher fidelity. I play, listen to music at a higher fidelity. I just do everything pretty much the same. And I've always had a culture of people around me. Like, that's kind of the culture out here. It's just like, okay, what are you into? Like, oh, this guy likes Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like, oh, okay, cool. Like, let me listen to you. What do you like about this? What do you, what do you like? And then they'll show you an album and you're like, oh, shit, what the hell? You know, like, it's such a culture out here. So it's just amazing to kind of like, hear about this from you like this is wild like well if you love music that much chris um i think i might have a guest spot for you on a different podcast oh very cool yeah uh buddy of mine does uh eric he does file under entertainment and he's work he works through the alphabet and it he's doing music and i just did uh e for eminem f just hit this i think this friday I'm because uh, I, I I do a lot of the I do some of the behind the scenes stuff for him where I play the music while they listen to it. But uh. he's going to be I think it's EFG and I'm going to throw your name in the hat and I'm going to need to get your discord so I can hit Eric up to be like, hey, Eric, this guy is another one that you can lean on because uh, he had a co-host and then his co-host left. Um, and it like it's just like they talk about the songs and why you love them. It's like you pick five songs from each artist. Like uh, you would pick an artist with, that starts with G. I pick artist that starts with G. We nail our top five and then we rank them, you know, after the fact. And so it's kind of cool. That is a show. That is a show. That I would very much like to be on. I, I that mean, sounds awesome that is such a great premise 
Yeah, and and I'll I'll get you the I'll get you the episode, and he just kind of we're doing it a little bit differently now because I'm I'm recording it, so I can put the music in there and do all the other fun stuff that he does. But hell yeah, man, I will I will get your Discord. I will get you a uh, a Discord invite, and and yeah, we will get you hooked the fuck up with being on Eric's show. I very cool. I don't doubt you could probably be on there a few times. So no worries. Man. Okay, <laughs> very cool, man. <laughs> very cool meeting you guys. That's really cool. Like branching out like that you know i really just saw a post on reddit and i was like you know let me try this let me just try my hand at it then I ended up starting my own and then now here we are i'm just having one let's live in one conversation at a time yeah i like it uh, oh I, I thought of the fast and the fierce one eighth mile at a time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh i hated that i hated that i hated the fast and the furious <laughs> Oh my God. We we love it just because it was shot here. There's so there's so many of those movies that are horrible uh, movies that were shot here, and we used to actually live near that house, so we're really really familiar with it. That scene in Dodger Stadium is also awesome. <laughs> the first scene in the, in the in the intro where he's spinning the car out is just amazing. I I think I think it was Tokyo Drift is where I left off because oh, gotcha. they, I think they they had a they had an old school Mustang, and then they just dropped some. I hate this term, but I love it. Some rice rocket engine in there. And I was just like, no, I don't know anything about cars at all, but you don't do that. Not even yeah. close. Not yeah. with an all metal body. No, sir. Those engines were made for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, but no, I want to ask you this because I love me some music uh, albums. Have you listened to the doom eternal soundtrack? Oh Yeah. Well, what's available? I keep looking for some of the other songs I think that are not available, but I really like that sound. It, it, did you did you watch the one where they brought all the 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 heavy metal singers all together and did kind of that that chant together? And you watched it being made, and then you saw the final end product. No. Oh, I'll send it to you. I'll send oh it to yeah. You. Oh yeah, please. It's, yeah. It's so good. It's so good because like like I think I think it was like it's some dude from Spinal Tap. Like the lead singer oh. of Spinal Tap with maybe it wasn't Spinal Tap, but it was like a really well known heavy metal band. And he's like, Yeah, I get to go be a part of this Doom game and, and sing a chant for it. I was like, dude, you're the lead singer of a band that could probably get a song on the album. You don't right. this is cool for you, dude. Like, okay, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I um so do you how are you listening to it? Do you have Spotify or something like that? Spotify. Yeah. Are are you just getting like a playlist of that music? Or is it like the actual OST? It is the, I think it's the, o, what OST? Please, please enlighten me. Um, original soundtrack. I think it's the OST because Mick Gordon mixed the whole damn thing. Got you. To, to be, like, I think what he's, because I remember when they imported it into the game, it sucked. But I think this is the OST because I remember when I first played the game, it was intense. But then when I listened to it for the first time, I got a little hard. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just... Are you familiar with the music, uh, with the music genre called Degent? No, but you're gonna tell me. So Degent is like that sound. Degent is basically what like the sound it makes. Degent, Degent, right? It's kind of like oh. uh, what is the what's that one popular? Yeah. Everybody was watching for a, for a while when the when Wolf of Wall Street came out. The scene where Leonardo DiCaprio's yelling, they would dub it with metal music, and it was from a group oh. called Mashuga. Mashuga. Oh, Mash oh, Mashuga. Yeah, I love those guys. So Mashuga makes like like digit like it's heavy like you like really really heavy sound and so Mick Gordon adopted a lot of that sound to make this stuff 
man, that stuff gets like your blood going. Like that's one of those things where I would love to have like a bike and go uphill, like listening to that. Meshuga is this degent. Yeah, like some of the songs that they have are like in the degent genre where it makes like that sound. Once you hear that music genre, you'll know exactly why it's called that and exactly like what you're looking for. Yeah, I, I have a couple. I have a couple because like I usually I have a little playlist that I go through called Headbangers Ball that I, I listen to. And it starts oh, yeah. with a couple songs. It starts with the Browning, uh, King 810, and it kind of goes into some of the other good ones. And then all like it hits Meshuggah at the end. And then like every once in a while, I get some Meshuggah to split. It's it's in there. It's sugar. It's Meshuggah it in there. <laughs> and, and i don't know what it is about those songs but it's just like fuck yeah man but like yeah. i'm i'm just trying to like i'm selling somebody lawn care but like i'm like getting after it in the background you know what i mean like like if they just randomly popped in my webcam they'd just be like yeah it's 85 percent slow release fertilizer guys <laughs> you know i'm just headbanging with it and it's just you know uh, oh man yeah, it's, it's great i, I love that called stuff that yeah, it's got like a little bounce to it. Like there's groups like Hacktivists um, who I like. There's another group that does this thing. This is a little bit too like I go too deep with everything. This other group ha- is called uh, Tesserect and they make like jazz fused with metal fused with um, like other kind of like funk like elements, but okay. it's off time. So usually you're used to like one, two, three, four, one, two. This one will be like one, two, one, two, three, one, two, one, huh. two, three. Oh, and the metal, okay. the metal sounds really cool and vapory, kind of like Tame Impala. It sounds very vapory where you kind of feel like like the edible turned on you. You know what I'm saying? It makes oh. like a really, really nice sound. Like kind of kind of like in like an, an ethereal kind of sound. Kind of, yeah, because okay. it just keeps repeating. It almost feels like you're fighting like a boss battle. Like you feel the intensity of like this, like repeating yeah. music. Yeah. Sorry, my mommy texted me, and I, I, I had a that Easter kind of ended weird, and she texted me, so I wanted to make sure she's okay. So. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, no, yeah. don't worry about it. Usually, usually, if I get a text message on my phone, it's probably something super important because nobody texts me. Mm. <laughs> sorry so i wasn't being impolite it's just you know it's mommy you gotta no gotta, you're totally fine gotta give her some any emergencies fine yeah uh damn like that that sounds really dope dude like that's like i love that ethereal kind of music too mm. um so I, I i going back to what i originally was going to ask you what is your favorite movie soundtrack of like all time my favorite movie soundtrack of all time you're gonna laugh hear- Okay. Good. Good. Oh no 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 no! I want to hear what you you think I'm gonna laugh at. You're gonna laugh, but I'm gonna just lay this on the table until I find a replacement. The Tron Legacy soundtrack by Daft Punk. Okay, so was amazing. Like all of those tracks were like amazing. But I do when I think of like movie soundtrack or like even like an OST, I do think about like the large orchestral stuff. Mm, okay. and so like uh, i like a lot of hans zimmer or um actually you know what I, you know what and the answer is i'll tell you what the answer is okay. incredibles the first incredibles movie michael giancino the entire line of music for that so i the will laugh at you for that one yeah but not for daft punk because i grew up on daft punk too yeah that's what the it, one uh that, that song there's something about us like i had yeah. a crush with a girl and that song just pinged right there for me like it was just well i i could probably uh do i remember her name it wasn't bailey god who the fuck was tawny 
Tawny. Okay. Tawny was my next door neighbor. She was a head cheerleader when I lived in Texas. And there was just something about her, man. That song, <laughs> just, it was, ah, oh, I had the biggest crush on her and she knew it. hundred percent knew it. Yeah. But yeah. Like I get you, I get you. Like, I can, I can get down with some Daft Punk, but like, dude, like Black Hawk down, like where Hans Zimmer just fucking pulled that, like, Dude, you don't need to be that badass on every movie you 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 orchestrate, bro. Like, yeah. Did you like what he did on? Did you know that he did Modern Warfare? I had no idea. It's so intense. Like, it feels like a movie that has like Josh Brolin. Like, you can already see the cast. Like, it sounds so intense. And he did one of the, the music for the first game. Yeah, I don't. I was that Modern Warfare. That was Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes so much more sense now. I actually yeah. just bought that again because it was on sale, and I want to relive the I want to relive the modern warfare story. I just uninstalled the campaign, but I think I want to do it again because I haven't played the campaign for modern warfare, and I got it remastered. So you saying this now is too serendipitous. I think I might. Have, I'm uh, here. I'll put it on, sir. How have you never? How? How do you people live to not play the campaign modes on these Call of Duty games? I can I can give you a I can give you a break on the Black Ops nonsense. I can give you a break on that because I've played those and those are garbage. But oh yeah, enlighten me. How do you never play this story mode? I think what it was too was the inception of Warzone. So that whole cultural phenomena, I just felt like I had no time to do that. I was just constantly, it was constant war zone, war zone, war zone. And then I just, I was like, didn't I buy that? And I kept it off the hard drive. The other thing too, Call of Duty games are so big on the hard drive. So you already have to partition off. You have to make sure that what you're going to do is what you're going to play. Because it'll take an entire 100 gig, 200 gig with HD backs. So I was like, all right, I got to be chill on this. But you saying it now. I think I might have to do it, dude. Like these, the, the storylines take like eight hours, like maybe eight hours. Like if oh like, really? Yeah, they don't take that long. If you're if you're horrible like me, maybe ten hours. But like, <laughs> well, I sometimes usually go like I typically go normal. Like you know, there's the oh. there's the baby easy normal hard and then expert. I just my pocket is normal because I feel like it gives me enough challenge because I've done like I've played through it on easy to like get all the, the intel and stuff like that to get an achievement. But I'm mm. like, dude, I can beat this with a pistol if right. like not even trying. And like, that's how easy easy is sometimes. But I like normal just because it gives you a bit of a challenge. And like sometimes it, you get so invested into the game. Like you've played Battlefield 3, right? Mm-hmm. Did you play through the storyline on Battlefield 3? Yeah, I didn't miss that. No, so I didn't. I don't miss the battlefield ones, which is weird. Yeah, I I played them all, but like that that first mission where you get pinned down by the sniper on the rooftop, and then all of a sudden you get that ambush on that lower level right after you've been the roof. Like that exhilaration, that the the fact that a game can do that. That's why I play those campaigns because they want to put you into that. Because then when I play the multiplayer and I'm in these battles, like I I get where they're getting it from. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. So. That's a great point. I never really thought of it that way. It's funny because when you when in the beginning you used to be able to earn stuff in the campaign, so that's what made the campaign alluring. Let's think like ge- like Gears of War and stuff like that. You're getting skins, mm-hmm. so I was on a good train like that. But once Call of Duty came out and the campaign didn't really serve a purpose to multiplayer, it does serve a purpose, probably entertaining, but not to multiplayer. I think that was the jump for me. But I think I'm doing it, dude. 
I think you might have enlisted me. I think I think I'm doing it. I'm working on Horizon Zero Dawn right now. I've had that game in my queue forever. One of my close friends that I used to work with at uh, at a at an insurance place. She, if I if I ask her anything game related, the answer is always Horizon Zero Dawn. So it was on sale. <laughs> I, I decided to bite the bullet. I, I purchased it. I'm loving it. But it was also you know Modern Warfare was also on sale. I was like ah, all right, fine. I'll pull the trigger on both. And I just installed it. And I think this weekend I'm gonna run through. I think I'm gonna live stream the campaign. I think I'm gonna do it. So. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Just a buddy of mine did show me a mission two weeks ago on TikTok, and it was like fucking Sicario. And it's like all blacked out night mission, and they're in like a house, and they're like shooting the guard. And I was like, dude, I might have to. I think I want to be Jack Reacher, goddammit. Like, I want to be whoever you want me to be. Like, have you played the the most recent campaign through Call of Duty? The the not the not the Verdansk one and all that stuff. Not the newest one, uh, not Cold War, but the the one that came out that relaunched the Modern Warfare series. That I think is the one I have now, the remastered one. Is that what you're talking about? No, the the like Call of Duty 2019. No, I don't think so. Yeah, when Warzone when Warzone first came out. No, I don't think okay. I played that one. So if you have that, the the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, I think that's just exactly what it's called. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019. Um, when when, when yeah. Warzone first came out, if you have that, I would highly encourage you to play through the mission because I think it's the third or the fourth mission that you play through. You roll through with, uh, how do I forget his name? Why is it every time I think of something, I forget his name. The captain guy, right? The guy with the... the oh, yeah um yeah, we are leaving whatever his yeah, name is. yeah 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 uh, price uh, is it price yeah captain price yeah so yeah. this is because you are forming task force 191 or whatever like you form okay. what modern warfare became like this is the precursor to it and you're a london cop and you hook up with them for an sas raid on a terrorist house you go in nvgs and everything and it is absolutely glorious Absolutely oh shit! Glorious. Yeah, they're having a sale on this right now for uh, the Modern Warfare Two campaign remastered. Is that what it is? No, no. I'll I'll shoot you. I'll shoot you after oh, the fact, okay. man. I'll I'll show you after the fact. Yeah. Oh, but you froze, big guy. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah. wait. Let me see. No, your your video just froze. That's that's about it. That's okay. I'm I'm doing a lot of audio stuff lately, so no worries. Oh, gotcha. As... I was. Yeah, you're you're fine, man. But uh, hey, I know because the movies, the movies, the 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 Batman's is uh, is coming up here, and uh, I kind of want to see if I still have HBO Max because you really turned me onto that. You ready for some <laughs> questions, big guy? Yeah, let's go for it. Advice. All right, uh, I got a couple of good ones here. Uh, that I that I found. Uh, th- uh, these aren't just relationship ones, which are really really nice here. Uh, so this uh, this this person by the name of Red Thorns asked about three hours ago, should I expose someone who might be a cheater? I met someone online, and long story short, I found out that he has a girl and a couple of kids, but this guy is active on Tinder. I'm not sure if I should confront him point blank or uh, take my findings to this woman. For all I know, they could technically have an open relationship, so I could just be missing details, but I feel bad for this woman if she's in the dark on his behavior. Should I drop it or try to do something? Huh. Well, yeah, you don't know what they got going on. They might have their own thing going on. Yeah. So I'd probably just leave it alone just because you don't know if they got their own thing going on. It'd be different if you knew her. 
Yeah. No, I, I got you. I, I'm I'm a hundred percent right there with you. Like I feel like if you don't know the details of it, don't bother. You know what I mean? Don't even bother. Yeah. Yeah. Quick and easy one right there. I I thought there'd be a little bit more into it, but all right. Uh, to pimp, to pimp a fantasy is the guy's name here. Uh, I male twenty four. I live in a basement suite, and my landlady who is a 50 year old female invites me up for dinner almost like, okay, every night, how do I politely tell her I'm not interested? I've been living here for about 10 days and she'll text me every night for dinner today. She actually came down and knocked on my door. I've made so many excuses as why I can't go. And I've run out. I really love the place. So I'd like to stay here long-term. What should I say to her that won't hurt my chances of living here for the next few years? Signed a one year lease for reference. <laughs> It's funny because I had a neighbor who had dementia, yeah. and she would constantly be like, "Hi, like I'm I'm April," and then I would come home to the next day and she'd be like, "Hi, I'm Grace." And I'm like, "Oh man!" Like, wow. so she would just give me like a whole slew of names, but I had to like politely like, "Hey, like she's like out here at four, like like you know like for that walk, like are you guys okay with that?" And then they they actually kind of like put the kibosh on it. So I guess okay. if you can say something nice, I know it's hard, but like. Hey man, you know, like or like, hey, like, I already have my own food, or like, I can eat my own thing. You know what I mean? Like, I can do my own thing, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like you can kind of break her off, kind of nice. Well, I mean, if she's if she's a fifty year old lady, I wonder. Number one, does she live alone? So you know, is is her spouse around? Did her spouse pass away? Is she just like a single kind of grandma mom type thing going on there? Mm-hmm. And also, like, if you've only been living there for ten days. And you're moving into a basement, you know, a basement suite like that almost kind of tells me that he may have had to move out and like moved in there for with just like a little bit of a inf- little bit of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I think it's just kind of interesting because like I, I the, the girl that I went on a date with, like she just moved into a, like a, a, a very similar situation where her landlady, I guess, is like some really cool chick. But she like moved into this basement kind of apartment and like, you know, her 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 landlady gave her like a, a kitchen table. Like it was kind of almost furnished, but she's like, Oh, I got some extra stuff because she was just moving in very hastily. Like she just literally moved out of an apartment that she didn't really have much to do with. And it was a very hasty move. So, I mean, if it's that same way, you know, she's probably just being a mom and looking out there for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. True. Like I've had neighbors that are like that. Yeah. yeah. That's very true. But I mean, I, I like you. I, I think your approach is really good to be like, Hey, like no, I'm not that in desperate need. But I mean, like, and, and just straight up tell her, just be like, hey, look, I, it's very sweet of you for, for you know, bringing me food, but I can do this on my own. You're kind of my landlord. It, it, it is a little creepy. But maybe, it, you know, like, if you're comfortable with, like, a home-cooked meal from, like, a mom-grandma type person, I'm not going to lie. If my landlady was like, hey, Jared, I'll cook you dinner, like, once a month if you want to come over and get some home-cooked stuff. Uh, yeah, I'd love that. Like, every, like, when I, when my mom gives me food and stuff like that and I can take it home. Oh, it, like it's 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 even good the day after. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's so it's it. I love it too because it's like, like in a wholesome way. It's like good for the soul. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like not like in a in a religious way, but you just like feel good. Like you can be feeling like shit, and you you just have like this plate. If there's something about those women, the smell of the food, the smell of their perfume, and like the plate and foil, that's just like wholesome. You know what I mean? I mean, bro, if you if you're down to to have a cougar for a girlfriend, you might have a free place to live, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Contact me after the show. 
Yeah. <laughs> Chris, you're married, bud. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, so uh, expectations out of bounds, I think, is what they were going for. But it sounds like they may have ran out of characters here. How to overcome the fear of failure. Mm. That's it. They just want to know how to overcome the fear of failure. Well, I think failure ultimately is kind of like how you think about it. Like, um, for me, like, okay, here, I'll give you an example just because we were talking about it earlier. With the fighting games, I kind of like getting my ass kicked. Like, I kind of, like, really enjoy it because then I'm like, damn, what the hell did I have to do? Like, what do I have to do? I, don't, I like getting, like, shook up like that kind of. Mm-hmm. And and then I, I, I want to, like, do more. So I want to, like, do more things. And then once you start to, like, not have, like, a pass or fail sort of, like, approach towards how you look at things and you just see yourself trying stuff, you're, like, opening yourself up to things. Okay. So, like, you can almost use failure. You can almost take the power away from failure by using failure. Just use it a bunch of times. Just spam it. Yeah. Just see how many times that you need to do this, right? Bake a cake. Buy eight cakes. Fuck the first one up. Fuck the second one up. Fuck the third one up. Fuck the fourth one up, right? You'll, you'll get it. There's no way that you're going to mess up all eight, right? You'll get it eventually. And those are all learning experiences, right? Not necessarily just failures. I ditto. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, just fail constantly. Just find shit that you, even if it's something you know you can't achieve at, still give it your 100% all at and just fuck it up. Like, that is 100%. You get over failure almost immediately. Like, I've always felt, I've always said it was so crazy because, like, when I would do, when I would be a trainer at the call centers I worked at, it was really funny because, like, they would be so afraid to get on the phones. And, like, my first day that I got on the phone, I was like, fuck it, let's do this. They're like, what? I'm like, let's get on the phones. And, like, you're not even close to being ready. And it's like, I don't care. Let's do this. Because mm-hmm. then by the time I got on the phones, I was prepped. I was ready. I could deal with it. I didn't have to have that fear of failure. And that's always the, the most interesting part is that, like, I used to like to show a lot of the new representatives when I was teaching people, like, you're going to fuck up. And I would fail on purpose in front of people just to be like, look, nobody cares. The only person that knows you're failing is you, you know, and nobody else notices. So, yeah. And I always have just like a little saying that I just remember just to make sure, like, I always keep it in mind. Like, even if, even if it does, like some things you try and it's a little bit more intense when you fail, it's a little bit more intense to you, let's say, but just like, don't be afraid to be like a white belt in everything. Yeah. So like, I know that I'm a white belt in baking, but I know I want to like get better at that. Why? I actually just like the fact that it's based on timing and the timing is super important. People fuck that part up. So I want to just isolate and hyper isolate and go down the rabbit hole and understand what yeast to use and understand what whatever to use to just like see if I can do it. And yeah. so like I take the fear, you take the fear right on out of failure. Like, yeah, you're going to burn some bread. So what? Some of the bread's going to taste really good. Like, you know, like you, you can just I'm not afraid. You don't you can't be afraid to be a white belt. You know, just just get through the, those licks, get through that hell week and you'll be fine. I'm not going to lie. If if my bread is not really crispy, if not kind of charred a little bit on my grilled cheeses, it's not a good enough grilled cheese. So I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I actually made like three three grilled cheeses last night. And like one of them, like I saw that it was sizzling. I was like, give it a 30 seconds. And like it had kind of a light little blackening on the bottom. It was like, mm, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, right? You get to love it, right? You get to this point where you're like, yep, you even know your timing. You get your timing down to like 30 seconds. Oh God, I, dude, pasta. Oh, I am so anal retentive about pasta. I could literally just start, stop, and just go. And I know it's just, I know perfectly, like when it is perfectly done, I'm like, that's it. 
get up and do it. I used to have a timer and everything, but now it's just I'd boop, boop, boop. So see, that's the thing, right? You you how many times do you have to fail to get to that point? Okay, it costs 10 failures. Okay, whatever. Yeah. They're free. Yeah, pasta's cheap as shit too, you know? So whatever. Yeah. All right. So we we have three more here. Uh I saved I saved what I think is the best for last, just because it fucks with my brain a little bit. Uh, but we have acrobatic. Uh, acrobatic, I think is how you say that. Uh, I'm happy go lucky, and my boyfriend is depressed. The perfect combo. Uh, he says I'm not worth living for, which is uh, he says I'm not worth living for, which is understandable. He hasn't always been depressed and uh, ready to give up his life. I found out about it a few months after we started dating. I've tried my best to be supportive. He refuses therapy, doesn't listen to me, and I'm trying to help him. I've noticed this uh, impact both my positive outlook on life. I look forward to living, but lately my days have been uh, tr- terribly dreadful. I'm scared if I leave him, it'll contribute to his depression, but me being there isn't helping. Any advice uh, would be really helpful. I'm at a loss of what to do. Hmm. Well, uh, I mean, if you, if you don't have an answer, I can go first if you want. I feel like reach out to his family because there has to be like someone you can like hand this person off to. I do respect that. You don't just want to like get up and go. I appreciate that. But there is someone that you should be able to like, Hey, like this is the state. This is the status of, you know, where we're at. He doesn't want to go to therapy. I get that. It's like a fucked up thing where it's like in his head. So he doesn't know that he should go to therapy. It's okay. It's Mm -hmm. fine. But you know, you also have to like do your thing as well kind of like you know what i mean yeah i uh, like if he if he's already saying that uh he's not worth living for and he's he's at that state because i remember there was a guy who was having a mental breakdown when i was in the military and a, me and a, me and my buddy who was a staff sergeant kind of recognized what was going on with him and because i was a first because i was a cop i kind of had that i had that duty to report and stuff like that and so what I did was uh, because, you know, I was like, look, bro, here's the deal. You can either come with me willingly or I'm going to force you to come with me. But that was because it was my job, you know, um, with this dude. I, I think you he hit the nail on the head, Chris. Like literally, if if he's not or I'm sorry, if 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 he's not responding to anything you're doing and it's starting to impact your positive outlook, like say hey boyfriend i'm like done big guy like i can't i can't keep doing this anymore um and maybe slowly wean yourself off of it and and maybe so it's not so abrupt with him but like tell his parents tell his best friend tell somebody who's going to be able to do something for him because that that shit can take a a quick turn real fast you know so yeah i strongly agree that's ah. the thing too, where I don't really want something to. Uh, you can help someone out, but you can't let something pull you down. That's the dangerous yeah. part. You can't. You can't let them take you down with you. I mean, you can. You can follow them for a little bit, but once it starts affecting you yourself, that that then then it's no buenos. So for sure. For sure. Moving on. Uh, my boss, female, grabbed my nipple, and I'm a male. So, uh, so this is um uh oh, okay so tuesday april 12th my department manager informed me that i a part-time supervisor would be covering for a co-worker in an area that day uh and wednesday no problem uh we shift supervisors around 
So when people are out, we basically have the staffing now. Uh, Wednesday at the end of the shift, after all the employees left, an admin asked if I could take care of a, a staff reporting for the area that I just covered for the up and coming sun for up and coming Sunday. Uh, blah 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 blah. Being told to cover Tuesday, it never crossed my mind to check and make sure that the staffing report was complete. By the end of the day, Wednesday, with the employees gone, the time had passed to confirm the employees if they would be present Sunday. Thursday rolls around, and I'm in my normal area. At the end of the at the end of day, back to the main office, my manager asks. You filling out staffing sheets? Uh, I answered her honestly, no, I didn't. Before I could formulate my service, my sentence about covering the day after it's typically expected, she grabs my nipple. Like she really grabs a large bit between her fingers. I freeze. You never had a titty twister, bro? She continues to hold onto my nipple and fold my skin. Uh, I responded, um, yeah, a long time ago. Well, she let go and, and she said, I should have, I should have given you one. Fill out that staffing. Uh, this was in front of several of my coworkers in the main office. It felt like an eternity. I was so embarrassed. Not that I didn't fill out the stupid staffing, but that she just came up, grabbed me, and gave me a titty twister. Um, he's got some other stuff in here that I don't think is even close to relevant. But yeah, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, she has a history of touching my hair and being unprofessional in general. Oh, okay. Yeah, you should just 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 do what you got to do with that. Like, yeah. just take care of it. Like, contact your HR, contact whoever you need to, you need to take care of. It. I, I, okay, I, I, how do I say this? I used to work at a big box uh, warehouse, membership warehouse. Um, you know, one of them is owned by the Walmart family. The other one is owned privately. Um, I worked at one of them. I'll just say it like that. And one time I'm at the register and a woman full on put her hand like on my face like on my face like 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 caressed my face like we like almost as if it was like we were gonna have like a scene together <laughs> okay and i'm like wait a minute what the fuck is going on and like that wasn't as physical as like a titty twister right that didn't necessarily like hurt um but i was just like what is this like what was this right so i can understand like that like embarrassment or like that level of embarrassment but uh, but yeah, I, I didn't do anything. I didn't necessarily get the my, my supervisor saw it and they were like, what the hell is going on? And I'm like, you should ask her because I am curious as well. Yeah. Um, but if this is like your superior, no, like go through every channel, go through all channels like and, and just mitigate that. I. Uh, so this this was kind of something fun that popped up here recently. Um, so there's a girl at work who's like known to be like stupid professional, like, right, like she does not make friends at work. Her, her work environment is completely just utterly professional. There is no friendship, no nothing. Right. Uh, so she sends me a message out of the blue. She's like, Hey, uh, you know, how was your weekend? I was like, Oh, it was fine. You know, I, I, I had a little bit of fun. I went out, you know, I played some disc golf. I, I had a good weekend. And so she, we kind of get to talking a little bit and her, she literally asked, you know, she's like, oh, my only friend is in Italy. And I make a dumb little joke out there. I'm like, hey, you know, maybe I could be I could apply to be a friend with you. Uh, you know, I could be your closer friend that lives in Wisconsin. And she kind of took offense to that. And she was like, I keep I keep my uh, I keep my relationships strictly professional. My idea of a strictly professional relationship is I know your name. I know what department you're in and I know what you do. That's all I know about you. I don't know if you have a family. I don't know where, you know, I don't know anything about you other than those three small little things. Uh, this is definitely somebody who is a little bit weirder, especially because they are a supervisor. 
But mm. I mean, first off, I, I'm I'm right there with you, Chris. I would I would literally just go and say, "What the fuck is this? Why did you do that? That's super unprofessional." And if they continue to do it, go to HR. But it's people like that 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 are really really weird because they they act one way, but then they kind of do a different thing, you know? Like they're she was yeah. being super professional there. And then she just took the line and, and, and went over the line. And so it's really weird when people do weird stuff like that. And it baffles my mind. And so, yeah, I'm right there with you. Just go straight to HR about situations like that because it's so weird. It doesn't make any sense. You're doing one thing, but saying another. Yeah. And like the public nature of it also dictates like, like is also like an indicator for me that like you will, this will not stop. This didn't stop you. Yeah. Like, right. Like this wasn't even behind closed doors. Like everyone was here. This did, that didn't stop you. Like, yeah. And, and that's, that's what I liked about the the thing with the coworker is that like, I was, she was just like, Oh, I keep it super professional. I was like, okay. And that was all I said. And we haven't talked in a week, you know, because that's what, that's where she wanted it at. But apparently this boss has nothing other than there's just a douchebag. I thought that story tied in a little bit better. So I do apologize because I know it came out of nowhere. I thought it tied in better, but it totally didn't. No, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I, I I hear you though. I I I still think it's fine. Yeah, it just it didn't like I just I don't know you. I thought it was gonna fit better. Like it it, it you go into my brain, it it sounded better there. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Uh final question because this one makes my brain hurty McHurt. My okay. boyfriend is pregnant and I'm not ready to be a dad. So Gravy Shoes says, my boyfriend is pregnant and I'm not ready to be a dad. We're both 18 and my boyfriend who is trans is pregnant past the point of an abortion being possible. This is because neither of our parents know we're dating and my mom is very strict. Like this type of strict to where it's borderline abuse. We've had no time to fix this situation as we're both finishing high school and I feel trapped and I don't know what to do. Well, hold on a second, though. If it's that, like, borderline abuse, like, you got to do something about that. You, you know what I mean? Like, you, right, that shouldn't really be happening to you. And then, um, secondly, you know, you and your trans boyfriend got to figure it the fuck out. I mean, with the kids and stuff, that's t- You got, like, you got to, you know, you got to use protection and things like that. And I know that those things aren't always 100%, but, you know... I, that's the thing that you know when you're young that's the way that's the dice you roll you know what i'm saying like i personally didn't even really have any kind of like um and this isn't to like be like me but i just just yeah. i guess just a, a, a where i was at my head was that i was just so scared of like having to deal with pregnancy while i was in high school that i literally just kind of like abstained from that mm-hmm. like until i was like a little bit out of there just because like i kind of remember my cousin's telling me like, dude, like I, that was when I, you know, I was doing the SATs and that was when I thought like Wendy was pregnant and I was just tripping out. I was just sweating. And it's like, I don't want that level of aggravation like in my life yet, you know? So, but first off though, I I think the almost, if it's almost borderline abuse, I think you got to, you know, figure that out in in some way. And then the next thing is just your child, you're, you're having a child, you have you have a child that is beyond the abortion um limit right or age. I, don't, I don't even know if you want to say age but mm-hmm. um so that's you you know you're gonna have to work that out you're gonna have to figure that out that's one of those things with kids man i just all priorities shift once children like enter the the equation you know 
So this is, you're probably going to learn something about me here real quick. Um, I feel like some of these, now I'm not, I'm not, I'm not calling them out. I don't hate trans people. I don't, none of that nonsense, but Mm -hmm. I always have a feeling that you're an 18 year old teenager. You're part of the trans community is what it sounds like. I've teenagers like to embellish, you know, even at 18. So Mm -hmm. when they're like, Oh, it's borderline abuse. I remember what I thought borderline abuse was with my parents. It was like, no, my mom is just being correct with me. You know what I mean? Mm. So when, when the post is as simplified, it's been locked by the moderators too, but it's, it's been locked. And, and secondly, when I hear somebody who is in a minority, that's even part of a smaller minority that you, you just, it, some of these fanatic, fantastical things come out of this situation. I, I have a very hard time believing that it's borderline abuse. Mm. Um, and then on top of it, okay, you're trans. Your boyfriend is pregnant. Those are two words that don't go together. Because if your boyfriend had fully transitioned, this would not be a problem. You're 18. You guys have had porn on cell phones for as long as I've had porn on cell phones. And you've been known how to use cell phones longer than I have. You were probably more sexually educated than I was when you were 14 than I was at 21. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know okay. what happens when you fucking nut in your boyfriend yeah you know she your boyfriend has female parts because i'm assuming at the age of 18 with strict borderline abuse parents you, you your boyfriend is still completely running the stock parts on their car <laughs> right that, that's the only way I can phrase it without being like your boyfriend's a girl, dude. You know, I, I, I appreciate like that. that. That that's funny. I, I did see what you're going with that. But yeah. yes, I like that. Your boyfriend's running stock parts and just hasn't had the modifications yet. Dude, you 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 fucking you should know like one of the comments. it's it's the top it's the fifth rated top comment here. Doesn't mm-hmm. use protection, somebody gets pregnant, shocked Pikachu face. Like, bro, you've you know what's going on here. You you know ex- you know you know, you, you right. fucking know you got to just because someone says I'm a guy does not mean that they're a guy. Okay. Especially yeah. when you're running stock parts in a situation like this. You That's gotta, what I meant by like, too. Like you got to know yeah. what you're doing when you're 18 running around doing that straight, gay, trans, whatever. You got to know that if uh, you put the water in certain pots, something's going to grow kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I, I, it's mean as shit to say, but bro, you, you got to know. You, you just, you got to know changing the, the, the pronouns of the person you're seeing does not make it, does not make them ineligible to have kids. Certain things have to be in place. You have to, you have to get that nitrous. You have to get the, you know, the double charger removed and just, there's so many things you got to do to be able to go, okay, we can truly continue to do this. And I just, I hate being that much of a dick, but like you should know. But then again, I know what I was like at the age of 18. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. I'm just like, you know, you, you, Okay, my my brother my brother's twenty. My yeah. brother's twenty. Okay, and he's he's ten years younger than me. And I tell him, "Hey, man, just you know, you gotta keep it together. You know what I mean? You gotta keep it in your pants. You gotta keep <laughs> you gotta it together. Keep it together, you, man. You know, you know what I mean? Like, don't be out here. Don't be out here driving late and going to see girls super late. 
just do your thing. You know what I mean? Be just still be you. Right. He's totally different yeah. from me. He's a very innocent kid. So I'm telling him that. So I wish that, that there was a person to tell these people that, you, you know what I mean? I always wish that kind of thing. Cause it, cause I had, a more pleasant experience having children i couldn't yeah. imagine and, and that has a normal amount of stress that's like beyond anything i've ever done oh yeah i couldn't imagine the stress of all this other real world stuff on top of that and again my my focus is just the child like if this is really going to happen and you're really beyond that point of abortion a that means that you're not willing to do any other thing which is cool i appreciate and respect yeah. but if a kid is really coming like we all need to prepare like you know what I mean? like i need to buy diapers like that's yeah. just my main because it's such an important thing you know well number one like with with, with with what they said in there and sorry about going on that little bit of rant there um because i mean my last episode that came out right before i did this interview was, you know don't be stupid stupid and that, that's one of those <laughs> things it's, it's like you you kind of know what you're getting into and i get like i get it i get the hormones and stuff but like he said, our parents don't even know they're dating. You're they're about to find out real quick, real fast, big right. guy. So right. you need to you need to buckle up, put on the big boy pants, and you need to have that conversation with your parents that you're not going to like, you're not going to enjoy the terminology that they use, and you're going to get a slap of the real world real quick, real fast. And uh, I love it because it, it, the, the, like a few of the top comments was just adoption, dude, adoption. Like that is still a big people are waiting for people to give up their kids because mm-hmm. they can't have them on their own. I guarantee you there is at least five couples in that person's immediate area that would love to be like, we will take the child and raise it beautifully. Right. Yeah. Guarantee it. Yeah. And there's other ways, too, where you can actually even be a part of that process where like you're not just giving the kid to this thing and then the kid is being distributed you can meet the parents and stuff like that you can do different things like that yeah and uh and then just continue to live your life and figure your thing out you know what i mean yeah i just i i i I hate it at the same time i love it though when when people with some super fanatical ideas or super fantasy the fantasy worlds that they live in it just comes crashing down and slaps them right in the face I do too. I I hate it because it's it's such a hard slap of reality, but I do love what if you respond to that well. <clears throat> if you respond to that well enough, you're going to be on your way. You're going to be on a better way than mm-hmm. you were before. You're going to realize that there's more of these and, and you got to look out for them, you know. Yeah. And I mean to to, to be fair, I've had plenty plenty of open-handed slaps just right across the face where my life where, where i was in that situation that you were talking about you're either going to thrive or you're about to eat a big old shit sandwich <laughs> yes yes but lightly yeah it, it might be a big old shit sandwich yeah that that was that was dope that was dope <laughs> uh Chris, I, I know, I know, I, I feel like the, this last little half here has been rushed. Uh, I know that the, the audio has been weird because we can't see each other talking. But I want to say the the podcast that you have now, the the, uh, the Arkham, what is it again? Because I'm drawing a blank again. Uh, we're dropouts, Arkham dropouts. Arkham dropouts. I knew it was Arkham something. I just I put myself <laughs> on the spot and I forget it. I've been loving your episodes. You, you're coming out with nine next week, right, or this week? We so I think we have one that we're releasing this week, but where we would u- where I would usually record tomorrow, I'm not going to because Ian is going on a trip, and then okay. we're gonna talk 
uh, Spider-Man, Batman, all that on the next show, which should be a, next week. Perfect. Yeah, I've been I've been loving the conversations. It's it's really nice to because I'll throw you guys on in the background when I play Madden, and it's just it's like I it, your flow is nice. It's a great. I I love the podcast. I just I love talking to you for an obvious reason. And you thank you up, so much, man. I yeah. greatly appreciate it, and I greatly appreciate you, man. I mean, I, like I said, I just I I was just I was on Reddit one day. I just answered an ad, and I didn't know that this was this was going to be such a <laughs> such a cool relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just I like the energy that you bring in. You 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 can go on the tangents with me, and I love it so much, dude. Yeah, you're great. I mean, I love like the shared kind of like things that we're really into. You know what I mean? I think that that's yeah. so cool, and to have found that organically, dude. You could be a banker. You could have totally been somebody totally outside of my wheelhouse. You even play frisbee golf. I play that out here too. Yeah. Like it's wild, you know. So I think it's really cool. I really appreciate it. Oh yeah, that's right. My my Zoom photo is that's that's the the work photo I threw up. That was that was my disc golfing adventure not too long ago. Yeah, that's uh, dope. Yeah, I uh, fun fact that is actually right uh, right next to a body of water, and I have actually lost a disc in that body of water. <laughs> it, it, it is it is a little just a hair scary to go back there. So <laughs> yeah, ours is next to an apartment building, and we always lose them. Oh, nice. So uh, Arkham Dropouts is where everybody can find you. You guys typically come out when? Uh, we usually come out, I think it's on Monday or Tuesday. Monday or Tuesday. All right, perfect. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to pimp out out there or anything else that you want to throw out? Not much, man. Um, just check us out. Arkham Dropouts on Spotify. Um, come hang. Just hell. I mean, we'll be talking about it all. Hell yeah. Definitely check them out. They're they a great background, or if you want to just listen intently to the stories, they're absolutely fantastic. Chris, thank you again for stopping by, bud. Thanks for having me, man. Peace. Peace.